Good evening and welcome to One Frame Radio, conversation about arts with host Alejandro. You are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon or around the world on cfcr.ca. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram or Facebook on Frame Radio. Our guests for tonight's program are Linda Stark, curator at the St. Thomas More College and also general manager at Art Placement Gallery. Also with us in the studio, veteran artist Robert Christie, whose exhibition opens with a reception this Saturday 17 at Art Placement. Thank you, Linda, and thank you, Robert, for being with us tonight. Well, thanks for having us on the show tonight. Let's start our first conversations tonight with our guest, Linda. Can you tell us a little bit about your role as the general manager at Art Placement and also as the curator of the St. Thomas More Gallery? My role at uh, both STM and Art Placement started in the late 90s, I would say, and uh, I've been very happy to help coordinate shows at STM Gallery as well as work in the Art Placement in various departments throughout the years. So it's been very very good. It's always a busy place to be in and it's wonderful to be working at the artist, with the artists at different stages of their production. How do you manage to work in those two places? Extended hours, I guess. I'm Tuesday through Saturday. That's our gallery hours at our placement and then I'm other hours at STM. So it's busy, but it's good. How long have you been working for art placement? Mm, since 98. That's Maybe Bob can confirm, but <laughs> that's yeah, it's a long a while. time. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and and I know that uh, most people have have met uh, you as as a curator and also as as the manager of the gallery. What are sort of the vision of the gallery in art placement and how it differs to the vision at the gallery at STM? Hmm. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, primarily with a commercial gallery, uh, as art placement is. Our focus is on the artists. We have over 35 artists that we represent and additional guest artists that we also feature their work. So primarily they're showing every one to two years. Uh, we have month-long exhibitions. So again, it's a focus on the artists and the clients that we we know that we want to connect them with that work. At STM, of course, it's uh, the university space. It's a public access space. So again, there, it's more of a focus on featuring local and regional artists that aren't connected in the same way that our commercial gallery artists are at Art Placement. And in Art Placement, can you name some of the artists that the gallery represent? Yes. Well, in addition to Bob or Robert Christie, we have um, works by Doug Bentham, Dorothy Knowles, William Perhudoff, Rita Cowley, Alicia Popoff, Louise Cook. It's, it's a long list of artists that have been with the gallery for many years and um, contribute in different ways. Our primary focus is painting, sculpture, and drawing, but we um, have expanded in the last two years since Levi Nicolet and Donald Roach have taken over the helm. We've expanded into new forms of exhibition, installation, etc. So it's an exciting change. How did you select the artists? Do they approach the gallery or the gallery approach them? What is that relationship? How does it happen? Well, with every commercial gallery situation, it has to be a really positive relationship that works for both the artists as well as the gallery. We have to be confident that the work that we take on is work that, A, we have faith and confidence and we're excited about it, but also that uh, we have clients that we know will be attracted to and interested in purchasing that work. So we're, we're very upfront with the artists that we represent. We want them to feel 
comfortable working with us. Uh, we're there to help them at every step of the way. Also want them to uh, know that we will support them throughout a period of time. It's not a short-term investment. It's a, it's a long-term support system that we provide. In the years that Art Placement is one of the oldest commercial galleries right. active in, in the city that have supported the arts in many different ways, how does the audience have changed in, in the different years? Yes, and well, maybe Bob could even speak to this a little later on. Uh, the gallery was formed in 78 by Robert Christie, Bonnie Bentham, Doug Bentham, and Minerva Gossam. And today has expanded beyond the original idea of leasing and working with a perhaps a smaller group of artists at the time. Of course, when it was formed in the late 70s, printmaking was very very prominent in terms of how corporations and individuals collected. So there were a number of different things that have shifted over the years. But again, the primary commitment to core group of artists has remained over time. So the business of an art gallery, commercial or public, are, are different, but also they relate somehow in audiences and how would you compare the audiences in the two different galleries well for example uh with stm as a as a university-based gallery but within a smaller college in the gallery it is at times can be slightly hidden from from view it was formed in 64 uh one of the presidents at the time realized that he could have a gallery space if he applied for a Canada Council grant. And um, so it's a hallway gallery space. It's open throughout the year, extensive hours. So a range of different people, both uh, alumni, students, visitors to campus come through as opposed to perhaps our commercial gallery where it's, uh, again, a little tucked out of the way in the alleyway there in the annex, but it's a destination. And uh, over the years, we've had a number of very faithful clients that have come in. Of course, online sales as well are quite prominent nowadays and gives an opportunity for those living outside of the city or the province to view what we have. And then the conversation starts from there. If somebody wants to approach the gallery to represent them, what would be your 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 advice? Well, we... Um, we would invite them to submit, of course, information and materials, but we're also happy if they're practicing locally to pay a studio visit to them. It's a great opportunity to see what a range of different artists are doing, um, some who may have had gallery, commercial gallery experience in the past or are just starting out and trying to get a sense of how their work might fit into the, the local scene or even beyond. Many of our artists that we do represent, of course, our focus of representation at Art Placement is within the city, but quite often we can see where different markets outside, Calgary, Edmonton, beyond, where their work would also fit. So that's another role of the gallery is to help them process that and to make introductions, etc., so that everyone benefits from having that artist's work promoted in to a wider audience. One of the advantages of art placement, if I'm not mistaken, is that you also have an mm-hmm. art an art store and yes. also a framing business happening in the same facility. Does it fit each other? Yes, it's a it's a great uh, great concept and uh, has worked very successfully over the years. As I mentioned earlier on, it's a great way to connect with differing artists in the community and see what's what their interests are and what we can help them with, as well as um, working close more closely with our artists to see that from studio to gallery that 
everything is taken care of and everything is, all the materials are provided for, et cetera, for them. So in addition to our day-to-day focus on exhibitions and every component of that, prepping those shows, we do provide art installations for our clients, uh, corporate and residential, as well as art appraisals. Again, our studio visits are also an active part of the day-to-day business. So, who would you say is in, in the history of the gallery would have bring more people to your gallery? Well, you know, we find different pockets or different groups that will attend based on their relationship with that artist. But of course, uh, over the history of the gallery, we've had you know long-term support for artists that we've represented since, for example, the early '80s that are still with us. That there's there's a very focused, dedicated group that will... So I couldn't really pinpoint one particular artist, but that they each have their own followings and uh, in addition to our general gallery audience. And this will bring uh, our next, next conversation and our next topic with Bob in, in the studio here. Um, have you seen uh, the shift in in all these uh, artists that have been represented by the gallery? Uh, the shift in style, in themes, in in way of working or producing art. Uh, overall, as well as within their individual practices, um, yes. Bob is a great example of that. In that, um, in the last two years since his retirement from the business, he's been able to uh, be in the studio full time and just loves it. Uh, Jonathan Forrest, who used to be our general manager at the gallery, who's now uh, on the West Coast. Again, he's full-time in his studio and just just loves it. He's able to dedicate more time for intense study of different concepts. And that's what we'll see with, with Bob's work in this show as well. For those who just synchronize us, you're listening to CFCA Radio 90.5 FM. And our guests tonight are... Linda Stark and Robert Christie in On Frame Radio. I want also to remind of the community that CFCR is having the 30th annual art auction, Artists for Alternative Radio, which be held at the top of the inn in the Sheraton Cavalier on Tuesday, November 17, 2015. Participating artists will receive a complimentary ticket to the event and along with up to 50% of the purchase price of their artwork. The remainder portion from the sale will be donated to Community Radio. The donation qualifies for a tax deductible receipt. For further information, please contact 306-664-6678 or 306-716-2113. Contact person is Lenore Mayer at CFCR and she's the office manager. So Linda, let's move on to our next guest, Robert Christie. Robert, Can you talk to us about your practice? And I would like to share with the audience about your experience as you work as a professor at the University of Saskatchewan and you also own a gallery, uh, art placement. You are one of the founders. But you also have been an artist and have been in workshops internationally. So you have covered all the bases. Uh, how how do you manage to be in all sides of the business? <laughs> Uh, well, you go, it, it, uh, as you grow older, you, you don't manage very well. That's why I retired from, from everything else, and, uh, and that's why I'm in the studio now. But I guess there are some benefits to youth, uh, to a younger age. They, uh, you have much more energy. And I go back in time, you know, when I, when I 
went through the university here, I started work right away after um, after leaving the U of S, the Mandel Art Gallery as the education officer for about a year, and I went back and got a, a Bachelor of Education degree. And then I taught at Aiden Bowman for uh, three or four years, uh, interrupted by a, um, a couple of Canada Council grants. Uh, and while I was doing that, I uh, I worked at the um, at the U of S. I ran their what was then known as the Marcus Hall Gallery that became the art department gallery and then it um, sort of morphed into the Snellgrove Gallery all during my time there. At the same time I started off uh, doing sessional work with the art department and eventually that led to being um, a lecturer with term. I was never a professor at the the art department and at the same time as doing that uh, we started the uh, Commercial Art Gallery in 1978 with Doug Bonney and, and Minerva and that was partly due to, I guess, my ex- somewhat admittedly limited experience with the with, uh, gallery business. Uh, certainly no experience. None of us had any experience with the commercial gallery format at the time. But, you know, it was a thing that, well, all these jobs that I took were either part-time or they offered me time to certainly continue painting. And then, of course, being at the university, you tend to get your summers off, uh, for the most part. So the workshops that I went to, the Emma Lake workshops, were always in um, July. Um, I did do a couple in in, uh, upstate New York, and I did do one in uh, Botswana, of of all places. But those are all sort of summer activities. So you have time and you have energy when you're 30. Or I did. Um, I'm no longer 30, so um, you know I, I no longer do all those things. And how how those experiences have modeled your current work? Oh well, yeah, significantly. Uh, I would think I do have a lot of influences in my work, uh, starting back to uh, you know my contact with the faculty at the at the university back in the in the late 60s. You know, there's influences coming from the professors that taught me. People like Bill Perudoff locally and Jack Bush on a national level. I knew Bill very well. Uh, I knew Jack a little bit. But then through the uh, the contact with the workshops, uh, certainly with the Emma Lake workshop, they brought in uh, major artists from, well, mainly um, the USA, Canada, and Britain uh, to some extent. But they were were key professional working people who were recognized and and um, and acted professionally worked professionally so uh, it's not so much necessarily the work itself but the but their attitudes all the people that i've mentioned it was the attitude to their 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 working habits and their commitment to their to their work that i think rubbed off and and influenced me as as much as as the the nature and character of the work I, I could say that in, in terms of the nature of the work, you know, many of these people were, were formalist uh, painters and sculptors. Um, it was just the nature of the workshop at the time. And I happened to, you know, align myself with that. So the, the, there was a supporting milieu, if, if you will, of, of people who thought in a similar way and, and pursued art in a similar way that that was reassuring and just generally supportive. 
That's very interesting. And I know you mentioned Emma Lake, and it's unfortunate that Emma Lake campus is no longer a studio for artists. Sadness that I believe mm -hmm. the, every person in the party has. There were efforts to, to maintain it, but that's another subject for mm -hmm. another program, and mm -hmm. I won't get into that. I'm more interested in, in, in your experience in the landscape of the arts in Saskatchewan, because you have mentored a lot of young artists as well. Uh, well, that's hard to answer. Uh, good question, but is it I don't see myself as a, as a mentor. There were a few people that, that I taught directly that I certainly followed and, and watched their, their careers um, expand and grow and have been quite pleased to see that happen. But, you know, I, th I think there were others that, that were much more of a, of a mentor to, uh, to, to many people than myself. I tend to, um, you know, I, I guess I have some visibility here through the exhibitions that, that I've had. But, you know, my studio is a little bit out of town, and uh, I, I don't have a group studio, for instance. So I go out and I, I work on my own. A few people venture out on, on occasion. But, but um, other than that, and other than um, uh, participating in some of the exhibitions, and I guess, dare I say, voicing my opinion on a few uh, occasions, you know, may have influenced one way or the other, some people. Your art has been in many different <laughs> collections, public and private collections have your work. How do you describe your work to an audience that have never seen it? Oh, no, and that is really difficult. Uh, you know, there's the old saying about a picture's worth a... Some uh, critics call that it's yeah. a dance between painting and sculpture. Yeah. I have seen your work. There's yeah. some of that in your work. How would you describe yeah. that relationship for a person that has never seen your work? Right. Well... Okay, uh, uh, on a real literal basis, I guess it is, uh, and I like the term dance between uh, painting and sculpture. Uh, it's, 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 I guess you could say, constructed relief in that I use, and that I'm, I'm speaking of the last couple of years only. Prior to that, uh, it was more traditional paint on canvas uh, um, in an abstract idiom. But now it's, it's, um, it's uh, often a combination of, of plywood and, and veneers, uh, sometimes cardboard, sometimes a few other things that stick into the paintings or onto the paintings. But if one can um, you know, imagine um, Picasso uh, Brock from the you know, early teens, early 1900s, the, the cubist work that they were doing, it's not that, this, that my work looks like that. I, I hope it doesn't. But there is some connections there in that there, you know, I tend to be geometric um, um, in, my, in my work and that there's right angles. So it's uh, plywood and, and the wood material lends itself to that. And I literally sort of stack up these uh, colored boards or colored sh uh, shapes, gluing them uh, as I go onto the canvas. So uh, to, to give you uh, um, an, an idea of where this came from, if, if one was to imagine a, um, a deck of cards, um, I say, let's say a third of a deck of cards, and, uh, just, and they're all black. So just shuffle them a little bit glue them all together and stick that on up uh, on, a, on a, a background and you got the basis of where I coming from uh, in my work now I know that doesn't help uh, describe them but they're black generally speaking or soft muted colors well, that's the way they are these days they haven't always been and they're they're painted shapes that protrude from the the surface 
usually one on top of the other. They don't come out. As an example, some people might like uh, might know the work of um, Eli Bornstein, who I studied with. Uh, you know, when I was a student, Eli's works, you know, are, are, are structurist, constructivist works that have um, right angles uh, on the surface. Mine don't have that. They they have all of the uh, the shapes sort of laying one on top of the other coming off the surface. Does that give you an idea? Yes, <laughs> it's it's a combination of many different things and I guess that uh, your practice have had many influences and, and perhaps that's what people can expect in your work, seeing those influence brought in art that you produce with your energy and that dance mm -hmm. between sculpture and painting that, that we mentioned before. I, uh, well, I could just add into that, that for me, relatively recent uh, direction, um, over the last, what, couple of years, I guess, you know, it, it, I mentioned earlier in our discussion that I do bring with me a lot of influences, a lot of people and a lot of art, historical and contemporary, has, has influenced my work. But you have to be careful, or I was always aware that I had to be careful that the influences weren't weren't um, you know plagiaristic or or, or mimicking. Um, that the influences had to be sort of more about let's say a general um, a direction as opposed to a specific image. But what I feel has happened with this this new direction is that while I can still deal with uh, a lot of my earlier concerns, the collaging of these shapes allows me to move the the material, move the colors around, change them, take them off if, if I like, and it, it frees me up quite a bit from where I, I had been going in the past. Plus, there's the added benefit for me, hopefully others would see this, is that the the actual relief aspect of the of the plywood or the veneers that it, it you know it's a quarter of an inch or, or an eighth of an inch of, of of edge and the edge contributes in my opinion significantly to the, to the character of the work and it changes my work for me in my mind and that's all that counts for me so who would be your audience oh goodness um well anybody <laughs> what sort of audience do you expect to attract to you your know, show from younger generation to older right. generation peers from your group sure. of pretty artists all what of is the, all of the above all of them oh, oh, that's you know again i don't know what this is going to sound like on air but but you know i i try to actually please myself first and foremost if I'm happy with it, to, to be quite honest, uh, that's what really counts. And I'm never quite fully happy. There's always, you know, the carrot is always extended out in front of me. Then that, that as soon as I get something that I'm really pleased with, I, it opens up another avenue and I keep on moving. But, you know, so I guess if, if I do have any sort of audience, they have to keep moving with. Don't, I'm not one that, that sort of stands still and um, finds something that is comfortable and and stays with it. I envy people who are able to do that and make and make good art. I, I'm not one of them. I have to just keep moving. So my work continually in a state of evolution. But there are these common factors like repetition, like an interest in surface. I try to bring as much character into the paint as I can. So I use, I, I don't use the standard common brushes and rollers and so on. I used to. But now I, I affect my paint quite a bit now. So, and, and the work has got quite minimal in spite of the fact that I'm doing these constructed things. The, uh, there's just a few shapes to look at. And so the, the more minimal you get, 
the more stuff you have to put into what is there. Otherwise, you don't have any audience. You know, you got to give them something to look at. So I try to impact the, the surface with as much as I can. Anyway, the, the audience, um, I would hope it, it would be widespread. You know, it, the person who doesn't follow art is probably not going to be interested and, and I'm not going to attract them. And, you know, I mean, the people have to be somewhat interested in art, but everybody else, I'm, I'm happy if they'll come along with me. When is the reception? Yes. Yeah, so what Robert are Christie's, the times that the gallery open yeah. and all the information for the audience to visit and, and meet Bob Christie? You, I assume that you would be in the reception so people mm -hmm. can go and ask personal questions directly there. Not real personal. Personal questions about <laughs> their work. <laughs> Well, Bob's show, Serious Play, uh, opens on Saturday, October 17th, this upcoming Saturday, from 2 to 4. And the show runs until November 12th. And our gallery hours are 9 to 5.30 from Tuesday through Saturday. So we hope people can drop by and have a look. And the title of the exhibition is I Serious, Seri play, Serious play by Robert yeah. Christie. Mm -hmm. And the reception is October 17 at 2 p.m. And do you want to give the address of art placement? Yes, we're at 228 3rd Avenue South, and it's the Back Lane Annex. So um, sort of tucked behind 20th and 21st and 3rd and 4th Avenues in the alley. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you both here. I wish I have more time, but we need to stop the conversations. Thank you very much. You can also leave your comments on our account on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on Frame Radio. This is Alejandro. Have a great evening.